Welcome to On the Bubble Podcast, episode 48. I'm your host, Basta J. Oida, and with me is my co-host, Yuki Lee Bender. Today, we're going to be talking about Bright Lights. We have most of the spoiler cards out now. We're going to do a set primer on all the mechanics of the set, and we're going to talk about each individual hero and how we think we should be playing them, at least for our first pre-release. A disclaimer, we have not played with any of the cards yet, so um, this is very much our first impressions, and kind of jumping ahead, the the set is pretty complex. There's a lot of going on, a lot of overlapping mechanics. I think there's going to be different ways to play these heroes, so this is hopefully a good starting point, but you should think about experimenting and trying things out at your pre-release, where by no means like have the format figured out yet. Okay, I think we have a lot to talk about, so do you want to just get right into it? Yeah, that sounds good. So let's start off with our first mechanic to talk about. We're going to just talk about an old mechanic. It's going to be boost. We've had boost. Boost is kind of very simple. It's on attack action cards, and it reads, As an additional cost, you may pay the boost cost, and that's to banish the top card of your deck. If it is a mech card that you banished, then the card gains go again. And importantly in this set, there are no generics they're all mechanologist cards in the set so as long as you've used boost they'll gain go again yeah it's very reliable there's some interesting ways that it interacts with the new heroes but we'll touch on that as we get to the new heroes our next returning mechanic are items we've seen these kind of evergreen throughout multiple sets but there are is a focus on items because one of mechanologists's like defining features is items. So there's a whole bunch of items in this set, 25 at rare and common. They're all actions and non-blocks. And um, as part of items, there's also a new mechanic introduced on some of them, and that mechanic is crank. Crank says, as this enters the arena, you may remove a steam counter from it. And if you do, you gain an action point. So typically items don't have go again, but items with crank allow you to usually reduce the effectiveness or how long the item lasts in exchange for an action point or a way of getting go again. So kind of a cool new twist on items that makes them a little bit more playable, which makes a lot of sense in a set that has so many items. Yeah. Do you want to just talk about one example of a card? Yeah. So we have Boom Grenade. This comes in all the colors, but at red, this is a zero cost item. It has no defense value as with all items. It has the crank mechanic and it says this enters the arena with a steam counter. And at the start of your turn, destroy this unless you remove a steam counter from it. It also reads when a mechanologist attack action card you control hits a hero, destroy this and deal four damage to them. Boom Grenade's going to sit there and keep threatening the four damage across the chain links, and when you play it, you have the option to play it with a steam counter, so it will stick around to your next turn, or you can crank it, and then you get your action point right away, but then once you get to your next turn, you'll no longer have the steam counter on it and will be destroyed. So you have a little bit of a trade-off there in terms of how you want to be playing Boom Grenade. Is this set up for next turn, or is it a card that you want to pressure with this turn? Yeah, this card is kind of insane, honestly. Like, it's basically at zero for four with no go again or zero for four with go again so i think like just in every way this card is kind of kind of insane yeah it does have a little bit of a cost of like needing to needing to hit with an action and if you don't uh you could lose this card it has a timer but it does put a lot of pressure on your opponent to block it's sort of like an electrify style effect which we've seen be very strong especially when you can present multiple breakpoints which you should be able to with boost and it synergizes quite nicely with um max and dash but we'll we'll talk about that as we get into those heroes later let's uh move on and talk about the next mechanic galvanize so this says when this defends you may destroy an item you control and if you do it gets plus two defense 
I think Galvanize is only on attack action cards, I think. I think so, and they cert- and they all block two as a default. So they either block two, and then, or if you destroy an item, they block four. As we said earlier, there's 25 common and rare items in the set. So that's like, how many cards are in this set? 300? 300. One in 12. So there's going to be at least one or two items in every pack in this set. So that means you're going to have some essentially a bobble in your deck right like these item cards like if you're not going to play with them they just don't block and they that could be a liability when they don't block galvanized lets you turn them into essentially two blocks so well no because the item has to be you have to control the item so the item has to be in play yeah but you you get to at least utilize it so you can go like yeah. play the item it loses a steam counter it stays on the board then before it dies you can like block with with a card with galvanize and then destroy the item itself yeah so you can potentially like crank crank out some items or play an item and then like if you have like a boom grenade that you're not going to be able to use it's going to get destroyed on the start of your turn you can galvanize to get some extra block out of it or if you're if you have hyper drivers in play and you know that you don't know those those resources as you're looking at your hand like you're not going to use all the resources you could potentially destroy one of those hyper drivers and, and get plus two blocks. So it's kind of a nice way to utilize some of these items that have a limited shelf life. Most of the items, it says that destroy it unless you remove a steam counter from it. It actually just, the cards live on your opponent's turn with like zero implications or value a lot of the time. If you happen to like draw up into a galvanized card, it's just a free block four. It's kind of insane. Yeah, I think some of these galvanized cards are pretty strong. Certainly if they're on rate, like there's like Infused Titanium, which is a three for seven, block two with Galvanize. I think this card's really good. It's just like three for seven is a fantastic stat line. We've seen that in every limited set ever. And being able to, like usually you don't want to block with your big power attacks anyways. So having a two block is like not that big of a liability, but having being able to like turn it into a four block to get value out of an item you otherwise wouldn't have is really strong like i think this card's really really powerful yeah infused titanium is just like gets a pass on every single at every single point in the game okay moving along um kind of like a headliner mechanic for this set we have evos these are so evos are equipment that shuffle into your deck um they all have the text that if you have a base equipped you can transform that base into the evo that you play as you play it so some of these are actions they'll consume your action point some of them are instants so you can play them at any time but all of them need to be played onto a base equipment as a default everybody gets a full set of proto base equipment that just reads mechanologist equipment base and there's one for legs arms hands and uh, chest those don't do anything besides allow you to play evos onto them. Um, you can draft other bases, though. There's Cogworks bases, which have some small bonuses. They're generally pretty good. And there's also the Teclo bases, which have Blade Break 1. Notably, if you Blade Break your base, you can no longer cast an evo onto it. But, I mean, Iron Rot with Upstide is still pretty good. What do you think of the evos overall? I think the evos are... I don't know how to explain this properly... I wouldn't want to play them if I was like, let's say I'm like Dash and I see like a three cost Evo. It's kind of really bad value to just like play a three cost Evo for a three block blade break, which means that you use two cards to gain three life. It's just like, it's just not, this is not good rate. Like the cards are typically not good rate. So 
the evos has to do something else for your deck for it to be actually like good or efficient i think um like here's an example of an evo we have evo charging rods it's a yellow pitch zero cost evo that blocks two and says um you can equip it to a base legs it also has a once per turn instant destroy a card under this create a quicken token and it has blade break so you can when you transform it from the base into this card the base goes under it so you have presumably one card under this most of the time and then you can remove that to create a quicken token so so yes it gives you like go again and two block but spending your whole action point for this is not fantastic and spending like a whole card for this isn't great and as a good kind of baseline is i think the commons and rare common and rare evos for the most part you should think of as teclovosin cards because he can play them from banish we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get to teclovosin but being able to play them from banish is totally different because he gets kind of card advantage out of it but for max and dash most of these cards are not fantastic and a little bit tricky to play the three block ones are going to be better than the two block ones because at least they're still like a, a three block like if you have like a yellow three block that's still pretty okay and then maybe you want to play the evo i'm sure there's going to be some spots where they apply but for the most part i think they are teclovosin cards yeah yeah if, basically if you can cheat them out very good if you have to use a card in your hand to play it uh it's a little bit under rate for most of them i think that also ties in with iron rot like teclo base legs teclo base arms it is the iron rot blade break base legs they get a draft i think these cards are kind of good because for a lot of the heroes you just don't care if you have evos in your deck so then you, sh you should just like aggressively still take these iron rots if you are missing the armor slots for them how would i say it i wouldn't aggressively save them to just play your evos i would like use them when it's very good like wh when when someone presents an on hit you should probably still use your base legs even if you have an evo for them i agree with that you can generally always block with your evo and uh, in a similar vein, like the Cogworks base chest, I think is just a good chess piece. Um, it has a, you can remove a card from under it, paying one resource and you gain two, uh, two resources. You can activate this ability only if you've boosted this turn, but essentially like you spend a resource, you get two resources, you can do it once because it has one scheme counter. Yeah, that's like netting a resource. And we've seen this, we've seen this in other sets, very similar equipment and they're always good. So I think that these bases are cards that you're going to want to be drafting. I think regardless, like if you're Teclovos and you want them, but also if you're other heroes, you're going to want them. Yeah, yeah. I think you said that way better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's... Uh, on the topic of Evos, there is a mechanic. You said it was only on rares. Uh, it's called Evo Upgrade. Yeah, rares and Majestics. So Evo Upgrade will... Evil Upgrade is basically a reminder text that the card will have to do something with the number of Evos you control. Our example here will be a rare, it's called Heavy Artillery, 3 cost, 4 red, and attacks for 6 blocks for 3. And it says, Evil Upgrade, the defending hero can't defend with attack action cards with cost less than X, where X is the number of Evos you have equipped. So just a nice payoff for assembling multiple Evos. They're going to be a little hard to rely on because they are at rare, but if you're Teclovosin, they seem like pretty reasonable payoffs. And I, I guess there actually is another card. Teclovosin's weapon, which is a token, also has Evo upgrade. So technically there is one other card that has Evo upgrade that isn't a rare, but... Yeah. Oh, well, technically, Teclo Leveler technically doesn't have Evo Upgrade. It's just, it 
it mechanically works like evil upgrade. Oh, does it not? Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, it, it doesn't have that keyword on there. It's kind of weird. Okay. Okay. I, I just thought that it did. Anyways, our final mechanic. Our final mechanic is scrap. Scrap says, as an additional cost to play this, you may banish an item or equipment from your graveyard. This mostly appears on attack actions, but there are a couple of exceptions. An example of scrap, and usually you get some bonus when you scrap. So an example of this is we have Junkyard Dog. At red, this is a three for six that blocks three, and it has scrap. When this attacks, if it scrapped a card, it gets plus one. So regularly, it's a three for six. If you scrap an item or equipment, it's a three for seven. Notably, you do have to have the item or equipment in order to scrap. You can't choose to scrap something else, but you it's, it's an additional cost. So you don't have to have that in there to play the card. Scrap seems particularly synergistic with uh, Teklovosin because of one of his abilities, which allows you to play Evos from Banish. So this this is... I think primarily a Teklovosin mechanic, where if you can banish an Evo that you've blocked with and then get to play it later as like a free card, it's really, really powerful. So I think the scrap cards are like like three, like a three for six or a three for seven is just a good card in general. But in Teklovosin specifically, this card is like almost like a three for seven draw a card conditionally. So yeah, I think any hero can play Scrap. Everybody's going to have some items and maybe some Evos lying around, but it is particularly good in Teklovosin. And I guess notably, if you have the Blade Break equipment, those go to the graveyard when you block. So I know a lot of people are in the habit of flipping those over. Those technically go to the graveyard if they block, and you probably want to move all your equipment to the graveyard in this set because you may want to Scrap those equipment. So if you ever destroy equipment, I, you you should put it in your in your graveyard or your discard. Honestly, that's one thing that I find a lot of Flesh and Blood players do is like they flip it over. I feel like they should get in the habit of moving it to the graveyard more often than not because there are cards that they could design in the future where like Leviah, where you have to banish randomly from your graveyard. And I've seen multiple occasions of like, oh, there should have been like three more equipment in the graveyard that didn't actually get moved in there. And I'm just like, ooh. This is uh, a very hard fix, but you get a yeah. warning at the casual REL's and at like the competitive ones. It's like it's basically a game loss, right? It might be a IP. I'm not sure. Yeah, it might depend on the context of the game. I, I don't actually know how it gets ruled, but uh, don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think in general people could just get kind of like a bit of an aside, but people could get better about this, like. I remember last week Jay mentioned like playing a codex of frailty and not closing the chain and realizing that like there should have been a rabble in the discard. Like I think just in general, as we get more and more cards that interact with the discard, we should get better about closing the chain when the chain's supposed to be closed, putting equipment into the discard when it's supposed to be used up. Like just all of that being precise and correct with it is becoming more and more important. And it's probably a good idea to just get in that habit sooner rather than later. So those are all the new and old mechanics that comes up in this set. Do you want to move right into the heroes or did you have anything to, or do you want to add on to the mechanics? Um, not really. Yeah, we can jump into the heroes. I think the idea is as we go through each hero, we might talk about a few of the mechanics if we think that they work well with it and then maybe mention any mechanics that we don't see fitting in. But for the most part, these mechanics kind of like lean towards one or two of the heroes, but can be played in all of them is kind of the idea. And I think figuring out, I think one of the fun things about the set is going to be figuring out 
which flavor of each of these heroes you want to be or like when when is it good to be playing scrap cards in dash or like you know just i think those type of things are going to be interesting like there's going to be different builds of these heroes that are focused on different mechanics and exploring all of that's going to be a lot of fun i'm pretty excited about it yeah i agree with that and uh, actually there's one last mechanic i forgot about or it's a new word keyword it's called block they basically function closer to a defense reaction but you have to block with them during your during the blocking step they're cards that can only be used to block notably they get around overpower which is a keyword we've seen before but it says you can only block with one action card block cards are not action cards you could block with like an an attack action and a block card to get around overpower as like a pseudo dominate I think it's going to be kind of important in this set because while we're on the topic of overpower, most of the equipment in this set are actually actions, especially the ones that block. Because evos are, like for example, evos, most evos are mechanologist action equipments. So they are both actions and equipments. And even though they are equipment, they're also actions and you can't you can't use them to block overpower like you normally would be able to with dominate. It's like a little bit of a weird wrinkle. Um, so I think overpower is going to be a little hard to block. You can only block it with the blade break one armors and with uh, the block cards. So I think that if you're expecting overpower, you may want to have some of those block cards. But it's it's a little hard to evaluate exactly how important they're going to be. There are no attack reactions in the set. This is the first limited format with no reaction step shenanigans going on, except for the instance at the instance that the Evos get to play at. And and Dash. Dash can also play at instant speed. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And Dash can play some some attack reaction stuff. Okay, okay. So But in general there are no attack reactions in the set, so yeah, just you don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's a good segue to get into Dash database. We can start talking about her and some of the shenanigans she can get up to because she she is kind of the one hero that does function in that reaction step. I think in this in this set, Dash database is a young mechanologist hero with four intellect and eighteen health. Her text says, "You may look at the top card of your deck at any time." And as a and once per turn, you may play a mechanologist item with cost zero or one from the top of your deck as though it were an instant. It costs an additional resource to play. So this this ability is really powerful. Knowing what's on top of your deck is pretty nice for planning. And additionally, anytime you play an item off the top of your deck, it's essentially like a free card. So Dash is almost like a like a I don't know what you would put it at like a four point five intellect hero or, or something like that. It's hard to put an exact number. It depends on your deck composition, but you're going to get to play extra items off the top of your deck at the cost of a resource. So that's an extra card, and because Crank is in the set, it's also potentially an extra action point. If you play an item with Crank and you choose to crank it, you're also getting an action point out of that item. So these are all kinds of things that Dash can do. Next, maybe we can talk about Dash's weapon. Do you want to talk about her weapon? Her weapon is called Symbiosis Shot. It is a token in the set, and it's a dash specialization, so none of the other heroes can play it. It says, action, remove a steam counter from it, attack. And the only way to put a steam counter on this card is, it says, whenever a mechanology item enters the arena under your control, if this has fewer than six steam counters on it, you may put a steam counter on this. So this is just like the old pistols but it is a i guess technically it's a gun um subtype gun for this card but this card can attack more than one time if you have multiple action points 
if you can generate multiple action points and if this card does have multiple steam counters on it you can then like fire for two multiple times in one turn that does feel a little bit more like a constructed thing where you can maybe like high octane or there's there's some shenanigans with crank i think and and some other cards where you can get a bunch of action points i think in limited this is mostly going to be once per turn maybe maybe you can get a couple extras like there are like boots that give you an action point or uh, or a quicken token i guess if you play an item off the top you can get an action point so you might be able to shoot this for like two maybe three times here and there but i think for the most part it's going to be one time yeah yeah most of the time but i feel like when it does come up it's going to almost game changing if you can shoot it like three times in one turn so symbiosis shot is like a little bit of a weird weapon dash in general is like a little hard to evaluate she plays very differently than other heroes that we've seen symbiosis shot like zero zero cost two damage is a good rate but you also need to play the item and that's like kind of gets baked in with her hero ability where sometimes the items are like kind of free cards so it's 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 hard to evaluate overall i do think it is a strong weapon and there's there's interesting things you can do with it but yeah, it's it's a little bit tricky to figure out and it's not going to be like she's not going to be able to use this weapon in a way like a traditional hero in Fab does. Like you're not going to be able to like play the Guardian game plan where you just block three cards, swing hammer. And I think we're going to see that across all of the heroes. So figuring out how to get how to get their weapons online, I think is going to be part of the puzzle of this set. What kind of cards do you think are good in Dash? Like, do you want like how many items do you think you want in your deck? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. I would guess like somewhere between like four, five items, maybe six. I think one big trap in pre-release is people going to be like, I have all these items. I'm going to put them all into my dash deck and I'm going to get all these free cards. And the problem is the items are still no blocks and you don't want to draw a handful of items where like you can't block with them. You need to get them out. Like maybe they don't even have crank and you can't. Like, I guess because they have crank, it's like a little bit better because maybe you can empty like multiples, but you don't want to be stuck with a bunch. <laughs> like, if you do crank out all of your items, they just get destroyed on your next turn. So if you just go like, play item crank, play item crank, play item, then you're just going to go like, go, like items did nothing. And then at the beginning of your next turn, they all just go to the graveyard. That's, that yeah. seems like a losing gameplay. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's worth noting Dash is an 18 life hero, right? And we've seen Riptide with 19, that wasn't too bad. We saw I guess we've played Icelander with 18 life, right? So like 18 life is noticeably less. You do die pretty quick and I think that you can be pretty aggressive in this set on a boost plan if you want to. Um and if somebody just like boosts you a bunch of times and then you just don't have any blocks, like you might just die on the spot. So I don't think you can actually play that many items in Dash. On that note, what kind of items do you, you think are best in Dash? So if you can only play a few of them, which ones are you looking for? I think the number one card at common would be Boom Grenade. We talked about this earlier in the episode, but this is a 0 for 4 item that just does damage. So I think any items that like affect the life totals, uh, either gaining life, dealing damage, increasing your damage preventing damage something like that are the ones that you kind of want boom grenade with dash database is i said this a couple times this week now it's like razor reflex it's a one cost for four unblockable essentially if it's on top of your deck that's kind of gross 
it it does seem very threatening and i think having like multiple boom grenades with some boost cards is like a pretty good plan in dash it's also worth noting that the um the boom cards are or sorry not the boom cards the boost cards are pretty good in dash because whenever you boost a card you mill the top card of your deck into your banish and then you get to look at the next card in your deck so you kind of get to see multiple cards to potentially get that free card off the top so i do think that one of the ways you can play dash at least is going to be fairly aggressive where you're boosting and you're trying to hit these boom grenades and you're this pretty scary aggro deck like you can imagine if they have a boom grenade in play you have to start blocking Next turn, they get to keep boosting and digging for more boom grenades, and you're still stuck blocking. And if it's like a bunch of breakpoints, like that could be, that could be a pretty big problem. So during the pre-release, there's gonna be at least one person where they're playing as dash. They're like at five, they're gonna leak one, and then they're gonna be like attack reaction boom grenade you for four, and you're just gonna be like, wait, I was at five, I'm dead now. Like they could have just blocked it out or something. It's just like that's just going to happen. Like I can already see it, I can already envision it, and at least. I'm going to try doing that to some people if I open enough boom grenades. And maybe, um, I know that we said most of the evos are not ones that you want, but I think one that might be interesting in Dash is this evo data mine. This is a yellow um, zero-cost two-block action, and it has a once-per-turn instant, destroy a card under this, draw a card, and then put a card from your hand on top of your deck, and it has blade break. So you draw a card, you put a card on top of your deck, it's card neutral. If you put an item on top of your deck, you can then play that item. So if you have Evo Data Mine in play, it basically means if you have a boom grenade in your hand, as an instant, you can draw a card, put the boom grenade on top, and then play boom grenade at instant speed for one resource. I could see that being very worthwhile as like a setup turn for dash. Oh, I never thought about that. That sounds so good. Holy yeah. man. I'm curious if there's like other ways to do this, but it does seem very sweet. The best part about this is there's no defense reaction in this set. So unless you're playing against another dash database that has some like instant speed ward or something like that, there's almost no way to block this. Like they just they just have to take it. So if they're going to leak one, they're going to leak the five. And I'm not sure, I haven't done like a comprehensive search, but if there are other ways to manipulate the top of your deck, those are going to be very interesting in Dash. I yeah, haven't fully gone through absolutely everything in the set. There's a ton of mechanics, but definitely stuff to keep an eye out for. Yeah, if anything, they might be somewhere in the Majestic slots, because I haven't really looked at any other Majestic cards. Um, I don't care about Constructed, so... <laughs> Like if if I open a majestic, I'll read it on the spot and be like, "Wow, this card's good," or "Wow, this card's off." The commons and the rares, oh, that's that that's limited, bro. <laughs> and then uh, one more thing that I do like is uh, fatigue plans. So we said before, but uh, a lot of the weapons are hard to turn on, and some of these uh, weapons in the set can be turned off. We're gonna talk about Max Nitro and Teclovesen, but their items isn't. You don't get to attack with it for free. So they, they do all have conditions. So does uh, Symbiosis Shot. But one way you can get around this is if you played one Fuel Injector in your deck, you can get around this. And I'll explain Fuel Injector. Fuel Injector is a mechanology action item. Uh, it's a blue strip, zero cost, obviously no block. But it has instant. Put this card on the bottom of your owner's deck. Gain a resource. So... In fatigue scenarios where you have no cards in your deck, 
if you have a fuel injector, what you can do will be activate fuel injector on your turn, put it to the bottom uh, of your deck, which is the same as the top of your deck because you have no deck. Uh, you'll gain the one resource, then use dash database's ability to use that resource to play fuel injector off the top because this costs zero. It will cost an additional one, so it costs one to play. So you just get to play the fuel injector to load your symbiosis shot to be able to attack with it. Then after you attack and pass to your opponent's turn, you still have the fuel injector on play. During your opponent's turn, you can then put it on the bottom of your deck, gain a resource, and play it back again. Because dash database reads once per turn, you may play a mechanology item. So that means you can play it once on your turn and once on your opponent's turn. So then you have this co constant reload on your symbiosis shot, and you can consi consistently fire this out if you have no cards in deck. So just like... If you think your opponent can fatigue you, or it's going to get to that point where fatigue is going to be a thing, Fuel Injector might be a way where you can actually loop a card to be able to attack with your weapon infinitely. Because that's not something that can actually happen in this set. Like, none of the attacks can just be like, I do nothing but pitch a blue and attack. Like, that's that's not something all the, all the weapons in the set can do. It's like a bit of a specific scenario that you have to set up, but I do think that fatigue is going to be pretty real in this set because outside of the items, mech cards often block for three. One of the only ways to go wide is by boosting, which goes through your deck. So it's going to be interesting. I think that you either... My takeaway from this pre-release is like you're either going to want to be the fatigue deck or you're going to want to have a plan of how you get around fatigue. And you want to have one of those two for sure, I think. Oh, and on the subject of fatigue... I heard that you can only have 40 cards in your deck now? That's right. For this set, you can only play 40 cards in your main deck, so between 30 and 40. I think the idea is just that they don't want you to play like a 50-card fatigue pile and everybody's just playing 50-card fatigue piles. And, that, and then it comes down to who has more three blocks in their deck. Yeah, yeah, I think they're hoping that that doesn't happen. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm not sure what the right number of cards is, but I wouldn't be surprised if going above would be correct in this set because... I mean, they're all mech cards. Like, you're probably going to have more than 30 good cards to put in your deck. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Like, if a card blocks for three and attacks for four, or, like, blocks for three and attacks for five, it's probably just good enough to play in your deck. I think anything with, like, good stats, I would just default to playing, especially if it can trade for multiple cards or, like, hit breakpoints. It's, it's probably just good enough. All right, you want to move on to max? Yeah, let's talk about max. Uh, I guess I'll read max out. So Max Nitro is a young hero with 20 health for intellect, and it says, Once per turn action, pay two resources, and create a hyperdriver token with two steam counters on it. And act as, activate this ability only if you have boosted this turn. It also reads, Hyperdrivers you control have crack. If you guys don't know what hyperdriver is, hyperdriver reads, Once per turn, if you have boosted a card, remove a steam counter from this, and then gain a resource. Uh, and then if it has no steam counters, uh, it gets destroyed should i talk about banksy as well or do you want to talk about max nitro you can go ahead and talk about banksy yeah okay so banksy is his uh, token weapon it's a max specialization and it just says once per turn attack uh pay a resource and activate this ability only if you've cranked this turn and it also reads when this hits a hero put a steam counter on an item you control with crank yeah so one for three actually really strong like we've seen this is like dawnblade stat line 
I think it is one of the strongest weapons in the set, but it does have the mechanic, it does have the restriction of having to have Crank. And that basically means it's always going to cost a card from your deck, either because you've boosted and you've used uh, Max's ability to make a hyperdriver, cranked it, and then you get a swing Banksy, or because you've played an item with Crank and then you can swing Banksy. So you don't necessarily have to do it through the hyperdrivers, although it's probably the easiest, most consistent way to do so. But you can also do it. It's worth noting that you can also do it from, um, from an item with Crank. I think that Max is primarily going to be an aggressive deck. He clearly cares about boost and wants to be boosting. And I think that Banksy is actually going to be a fair bit of pressure. You don't really want Banksy to be hitting and putting steam counters on their hyperdrivers, and you especially don't want it to be hitting and putting steam counters on other cards. We've talked about Boom Grenade, but I think you could play Boom Grenade in Max as a way to, you know, you crank it, it turns on his weapon, and then they have to block out all your all of your attacks or the Boom Grenade goes off. But if they block out all of your attacks, they probably will have a hard time blocking out Banksy, which then can put a counter on the Boom Grenade. So I think these kinds of like pressure sequences with Max are going to be really, really powerful, and he's going to be primarily played aggressively if you can ever keep a five card hand with max your opponent is gonna have a have a bad time for the rest of the game he has a lot of like cards that care specifically about hyper drivers so i think i would keep an eye out for these we're not going to read all of them a few of them that stand out are uh, recharge this is a mechanologist action that blocks two and costs one at red and it says put a steam counter on a hyper driver you control the next attack you boost this turn gets plus four and this has a go again so on its face this is four power and essentially a resource from a hyper driver so this is like a one for five go again this card is nuts and it's pretty much hyper driver is in the set so like you can get hyper drivers as dash but it's pretty much a max card and i think that this is like a big reason to be in max the thing is like recharge is good in max but like it's also just good on everyone because like it's still just a leg tap that doesn't take two cards it's true yeah you can play it in everyone in everybody that's boosting so very solid card there's also rev up this is a three for six with boost that costs one less if you control a hyperdriver. So if you have a hyperdriver, which you should because you're max, this is basically throttle. Throttle is a constructed staple. Very good card. Uh, you calling throttle a constructed staple is so funny to me because that card is so, uh, you know, like it's so boring. It is, but two for six goal again. Two for it's six crazy. Goal. It is good. It is good. You're you're not wrong, but man, ah, oh, throttle is a constructed staple. Man, it's when Autumn Touch got banned. It's just like, man, this card is so good. It just has all the right numbers on all the all the right places, and the, like throttle is that, and then rev up is basically that. Yeah, if it says if your hero is max, this is throttle. Like not actually, but it's like pretty close. <laughs> it's just really, really close. It's it's so funny because like you're not wrong, but it's it's so funny that like you want to upgrade your card into a throttle of all cards. You know, like it's not it's not like blaze yeah. headlong or like it's not like lava burst. Like you know, a zero for five. Nah, it's a two for six. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, those big power attacks are real good and limited. We talked about that at the start, and the, yeah, I think it's super true. Additionally, I think Max is going to want to have ways, because he's boosting a lot, he's going to need ways to beat fatigue. We kind of talked about that as an idea in this set. One of the ways he can do that is with overpower. So um, these are 
Overpower, I think, is exclusively at rare for the most part. There's Bulbar, which is a two for five boost. And it says if you control a hyperdriver, this gains overpower. Very easy to turn on and get some chip damage in, maybe trigger your boom grenades. That seems very good to me. Also, notably, there is a card called Torque Tuned, which is a two for six that blocks two at red. And it says if an item you control has been destroyed this turn, this gets overpower. And it also has Galvanize. Because Max is like often going to be wanting to make these hyperdrivers, as he goes along, you're also going to be destroying hyperdrivers nearly every turn. So this text is going to be turned on relatively freely. And in fact, if you crank out a hyperdriver and then you boost, you'll have destroyed that hyperdriver and gotten a resource for it. So it's pretty easy for you to turn this text on. It's worth keeping an eye out as another way to get overpowered. I think there's also a four for zero. If you've destroyed an item, it gets go again. So that's like build your own zero to 60 and max and maybe dash. <laughs> You keep on saying, like, build your own common from Arcane Rising. And I'm like, this is so funny that you have to, like, build it. Yeah, but, like, the early commons were nuts. Like, think about it. Like, Scar for a Scar, 0 to 60, Zipper Hit, Wounded Bull. Like, these cards are so good. People still play them. Synchro, Fate for Scene, Unmovable. Like, there were so many good commons in the first two sets. That is so true. Well, for to make that to make constructive playable, they had to. And uh, now that it's slightly tuned down, there's like you gotta work a little bit to get like slightly upgraded versions of those cards, or even better, the same level as those cards. It's kind of funny. Well, then you get to play the original, and you get to play this. You get like double the copies in CC. It's nuts. Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> The last group of cards I'm really excited about in Max are the scripts. I think that some of them are better than others, um, but there's a cycle of scripts at rare and a cycle of scripts at common that come in red, yellow, and blue, and they are all items with crank. The ones that stand out to me is there is polarity reversal script. This is a one-cost item, and it's a rare. It has crank. It enters the battlefield with one uh, steam counter, and at the start of your turn, you have to destroy it unless you remove a steam counter and it reads action cards get minus one defense while defending your mechanologist attack action cards we've seen how good this text is in outsiders with spider spites it's going to be good here too it's just like a really good way to push through damage that's very hard to block and you also have the on hit of your weapon at the end of the whole chain as well um you're notably your weapon is not affected by the like the spider's bite text so they can block it with one three block pretty cleanly but just being able to like pressure these attacks that they can't defend well and then swing with a weapon that they have to block is is a ton of pressure and you can potentially like crank this out um so it turns on the weapon similarly there's overload script which is a zero cost item again one steam counter crank and it says your mechanologist attack action cards get overpower talked about overpower being a great way to close games i could see overload script being a very real win con for decks you play an overload script you boost for i don't know six five four they all have overpower that's a ton of damage and then you get a swing uh, max's weapon at the end something like that i could see being just like very very convincing as a as a finisher um, some of the other scripts are good too there's one that puts actions to the bottom of your deck that i think is like a good way to avoid fatigue there's one that gives your actions plus one um i think that most of the scripts are pretty good especially in max but it wouldn't surprise me if they have a place in dash as well because you can play them off the top because they have crank and they don't take your action point yeah if you guys are having trouble like visualizing how good some of these cards with crank like the items with crank are the first 
copy of a item with crank in your hand it basically turns into it's not a head jab but it's like a wounded bull i guess it's not wounded bull sorry um what is the zero for four in wtr called wounded wounding blow wounding blow yeah so you can think of these cards like the zero cost scripts as like a wounding blow yellow because like if you play them and you crank it that means you turn on banksy so you can always think of one of these items as a three power attack essentially uh that costs one yeah yeah it turns on like a one for three yeah it turns on a one for three and it's uh and you get the ability on the card so like that's how you want to think of it as in 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 exactly max the scripts are just like um the zero cost ones are one for three with uh on playability and then the one cost ones are like a two for three with an on playability so it just really depends on what that ability is and if that's worth it or not that's what you have to decide if it's worth it playing in your deck or not and the synergy with Banksy is pretty real just because like not only does it give you the one for three attack but that one for three is kind of a must block because if they don't block it you get to put the counter on the script and then you keep the script for another turn so it's just like they're they're i think they're very very good in max um you want to be playing five card hands with them but they seem really strong and you can also do the opposite if they're hard fatiguing you you could play a script at the end of your turn not cranking it and then go into the turn with the script and use your and use your ability and have like a like a true five card hand with that script where you're pressuring and then you end on banksy so i think there's a lot of ways to go over the top with these scripts Honestly, the set just has a lot of play to it, and there's going to be a lot of like different lines you can take, and it might actually be kind of difficult to figure out the best line. Like, you you might realize a turn later, like, wait, if I just like played the script at the end and instead of the at the beginning of the turn, I could have used my resources slightly better and went over the top on this turn. Or you might be in the spot where because I played the script on the very end and trying to kept it, my opponent pressured me too hard that I couldn't actually utilize a script on my on my next turn. It'll be like there'll be a lot of that kind of like metagaming and like figuring out like what's going on in the format. And there's a lot of valuing, like how do you value like one more point of value for the turn versus like saving an extra card or two in your deck. And that's going to be shifting on how long you expect the game to go. If you expect the game to be very fast, you just want to prioritize the value. But if you expect the game to go out and extend multiple turns, the cards in your deck become more important. And there's always like a push and pull of how far in either direction you want to go. And your and your opponent can mix it up too, right? Like they can play very aggressively, then switch to blocking. So you're, there, there's always going to be this back and forth of like, immediate value versus total value in your deck and i think that's kind of going to play out in this set in a really interesting way i think we'll we'll see yeah or or it's like gonna be a uh only play max max format and just hit each other really really hard every single turn and no one can block enough to to survive that it might just be like that it's possible do you want to talk about Teclovosin? Because I think uh, we talked a lot about aggressive strategies, but Teclovosin, well, I think he can be aggressive, I think is maybe one of the premier defensive strategies in this format. Yeah, so Teclovosin is a young hero at 20 health, it's fourth intellect, and just says, you may play Evos from your Banished Zone. Once per turn instant, you pay three resources. You may play your next Evo this turn as though it were an instant, and when you do, draw a card. Oh, uh, and his weapon is called Teclo Leveler. 
And it says, if you have one or more evos equipped, this card gets once per turn attack. And then two or more evos, this card costs two less to activate. And three or more, this card gets go again. And four or more gets plus one power. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but Techlo Leveler originally attacks for two power. Notably, you need your first evo to even attack with this card. And even then, it's pretty bad because with so zero evos, it does nothing. One evo, it's a three cost two attack. Two evos, it's a one cost two attack, which is like... On rate? It's like Rosetta Thorn when you don't turn it on. Um, Yeah, it's it's fine. (laughs) It's okay. And then uh, three evos, it's a one for two with go again, which is actually pretty good. It's it's okay. I mean, you can like do this into like I don't know, like a scrap card or something. Seems kind of good. And then you can, uh, and then with four evos, it's a one for three go again, which is actually like okay. Now we're getting somewhere. It's like a it's like a Banksy with go again and, and no one hit. But you have to work very hard for it, right? That's or more. It's kind of cool if you can have five evos. But that aside, I don't think you can in the set. <laughs> but that aside, yeah, it's if you can get four evos on play, Techlo Leveler kind of good. But even then, is it actually that good? I think it's pretty strong. It's considering like the a... other weapons are like conditional. Like if you do this into like a two for six, so you're just like doing like two card nine over and over again. Yeah, okay, okay. That makes it sound really, really good. Or even if you have like a two for five, two card eight. Two card eight. Yeah. Okay, okay. I think especially like within the context of other heroes' weapons being conditional, Teclo Leveler is going to really shine. I think, I honestly think even with three, when it gets the go again, is probably going to be pretty strong if you're trying to play this attrition type strategy. Because again, like with the with the two costs, like if it's a two for five, that's still like a two card seven, and you can just keep doing that. So um, it's like a two card seven that comes in for two and five, which is like extra awkward to block. So I, I do think that this card's pretty good. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You can also like at at two evos, you can go five, then two, right? Like, you can go five boost, then at- attack for two with the tech level leveler with a blue pitch. You could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is less good on fatigue math, but, like, it's still good on rate, right? Where you can pitch a blue, attack for five boost, attack with tech level leveler for two. So you still get a two-card seven. At the start of the game, you need to boost to find your evos to play from your banish zone. And then once you have your evos, you can start conserving your deck what do you think about teclovescent's ability this is like a very unique ability that's like very hard to conceptualize honestly i think on its face it is really strong so i think teclovescent it's interesting because you can play him with boost and i and i read in one of the interviews with brian gottlieb that he can be like an he can be anywhere from an aggressive deck to a control deck my suspicion is that in limited specifically he's going to play more like a control deck um he's gonna play like a guardian i think and i think you may have some boost but i think primarily you're gonna want these big attacks you're gonna want to be getting evos to your banish zone probably with scrap And what's really powerful here is that if you think about this from a fatigue perspective, if you block with, let's say, like a two block Evo, and then you later get to scrap it and play it from your banish zone, you've gotten like four block out of that Evo. And being able to continually do this just means like the raw numbers in your deck is going to be really good, especially if you're playing these like like the junkyard dogs, the three for seven uh, if you scrapped a card. So I think I think that you can just kind of play this game plan 
where your deck you're getting more value out of each of the cards in your deck and the the evos from your banish zone are all essentially card advantage if you get them off of boost or if you get them off of scrap the once per turn instant i think is also very nice because you're essentially playing a blue to save your action point and then you get refunded on a card so as long as you're pitching a blue for it like that blue kind of gets refunded to your hand and you're exchanging it for an action point to play your evo which is really good because it's almost like a it's like a, almost like a free action point you you need the evo you need the three pitch but when you do you get to draw a card and replace it which is really nice um so i think that teclovosin's text box is like very very powerful and lets them play this very um, strong attrition style game plan and actually on the same note uh, let's talk about the difference between a base equipment and a non-base equipment there is a big difference between if a card is a base equipment and a non-base equipment as we said earlier in the set all of the common uh and the token slots sorry not the common the iron rot the base legs and the cog works are all base equipments and the tokens that you get to start off with are all base equipments but not all of the evos that it turns into are base equipments but some are i think none none of them are except for the majestics that we've no seen that's so not true isn't it the red evo sentry base head uh is a two cost for two block oh, with battle right. swarm and it's a mechanology action equipment, evil base head. Okay, so the red bases, so that red, the Evo Sentry set is, but I think all the other ones are not. Correct. So it's 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 the Evo Sentries, the Evil Steels, and the the common the Teclo base legs and the Cogworks are the the four different types of base equipments in the set. But what's really important about this is that the Evo Sentry base heads, those ones are at common so you can actually find these at like a good rate if you're the one of two teclo vessels or something like that then you can actually find these throughout the draft and like fill your deck with these and you can like keep on equipping like bases into more bases right so you can you can always go evil century base arms into more evil century base arms if you really want another thing worth noting from like a mechanics or rules perspective is that when you transform an evo it becomes a new item and or sorry a new equipment and it's no longer on the combat chain so for example if you block with your blade break one equipment and it's on the chain and you play an evo as an instant and replace it for one, you get out of that blade break clause. It doesn't break because it doesn't, the blade break triggers when the combat chain closes. And if you play it as an instant while it's on the combat chain, it will no longer close. And so you've gotten that one block out of it and you don't lose your base. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And additionally, the Evo that you play is considered a new, a new equipment that you equip and is not on the combat chain. So if we flash in this Evo Sentry base head, it will then be in your equipment slot and you can use it as a two block. So I think that part of this instant speed Teclovosin text is to get value out of some of your blade break equipment and then equip an Evo and then block with that new Evo. Or even you could do it with, a, with like a battle worn too. If you have these Evo Sentry base heads, you could block with your battle worn equipment equip a new one and then block with a new one it has to be on like a separate chain link but but still i think it's going to be relevant in a set with so much boost and go wide yeah no tackle of is going to have a lot of a lot of 
very small edges you can gain from like knowing exactly how the game works not sure how relevant that's gonna be it's probably gonna be like it's only gonna come up maybe once in every like three techlo in drafts probably right it's not easy maybe. to set up it's not easy to set up like an evo in your banish and then having exactly like techlo based arms and then having a blue in your hand and the resources to play your your evo that's better than just blocking for six from your hand maybe i kind of think that this is this might be a thing that he wants to do like kind of often especially to cover up like the breakpoints like the set has like a bunch of like two for fives and stuff so like a like flashing in like a evo century base head with blade battle warren two to cover up a five on the next chain link or something seems like kind of good to me yeah i don't know it's i don't know it it might come down to being something like Wait, this is just like a fancy play syndrome where just blocking for three with a card in your hand is just better. Well, it's comparable, right? Because like if you consider the sentry base had, it's battle war in two. So if you're spending two resources to play this, it's like a three block. Like it's like a three block that gets divided up. So if you're using it to stop breakpoints, it's actually more efficient than blocking with a card from hand. Well, but you have to you activate Teclovesson. So you have to pay three for Teclovesson where you get the card back you, when you play the base head and you draw a card. But then you can't... Now you lose out on the... like You know how in Flesh and Blood you have to plan out your next turn during your opponent's turn while they're attacking you? Yeah. So like you have to commit to a play and then bank on the card you draw has to improve your hand. So like in those situations where it's not really improving your hand, it might just be better to... like make sure you can do like a two card seven next turn and block for three than it is to like play the evo century base and then like if you draw another blue off the top and you have like two blues in your hand then your next turn gets way worse if that makes sense yeah i could see that for sure i guess it just depends i, I can i can i can already envision a situation where i'll be watching a game it's gonna go something like Oh, they did this like Teclo Vesson fancy play to like block out all the breakpoints. And then they go pitch a blue attack with Teclo Leveler Go. And you're just like, huh. If they just like blocked out regularly and then pitched a blue attack for five, that's just like significantly like more on rate. And then like that just wins the game more often kind of situation, you know? Yeah, I, I think it is good. I just I just think that you maybe need to um know that it's a possibility. Yeah, you need to be selective and you need to make sure that you are playing in a way where you still have good plays. I think things like arsenaling, if you have like a if you have like a big attack in your arsenal and then all you need is a blue to play it, that makes your hand like way easier to plan. Um there's also some there's like some zero cost scrap cards as well. Maybe we can start talking about the scrap cards, but there's some zero cost scrap cards that function as like a one card hand that then banish an Evo. Um, so I think that you could also use those as a way to like help fix for that. But but it is something to be aware of that you don't want to just be doing the thing because you can be doing it and then ruining your turn. You want to make sure that you have, no matter what you draw, you're going to have a viable turn <laughs> that, that you don't lose a ton of value on, basically. Yes, yes. That, yeah, that's, that's basically where I want to get at, where it's like, Man, Flesh and Blood has a lot of like fancy play syndrome because <laughs> you get to play with four cards every turn and you have to play with all four cards. If your fancy play only uses three cards, it might just generate less value than a four card hand. 
Yeah, it is. It is definitely a trap that you can fall into. So I think I think you'll want to be very careful with your your what you're doing, especially if you're relying on drawing cards. But I think it's going to be pretty interesting. So we've talked a bit about the evos. We can talk about the scrap cards. So I think the scrap cards in Teclavosin specifically are really good because anytime you banish an Evo, you're essentially getting card advantage. So most of the scrap cards I think are going to be pretty strong in Teclavosin. Here's an example. We have Scrap Hopper. At red, this is a zero for three that blocks three with scrap. And it says when this attacks, if it's scrapped a card, create a quicken token. So zero for three, it's okay, like maybe slightly below rate. But when you factor in the quicken token, the evo that you can then later play this starts to seem much more appealing i think yeah i think the scrap mechanic in exactly teclo vessen you can almost think of it as pseudo draw a card you basically get these options like if you block from your hand with an evo sentry base head then you can just like scrap hopper and banish it now you can play this evo sentry base head again it's kind of sick yeah and i think the key for this mechanic to work the way that you want it to is you need to pay attention to how many scrap cards you have and how many evos you have and i think especially how many evos do you have that block the instants are going to be like you can you can play them for free but they don't like once you play them for free and you use them up they're like you don't have the base anymore so like the the instants are like a little bit weird in Teclovosin. Like, I guess if you banish them through some other mechanic, it's okay, but you're not going to be able to scrap them. Like, you could boost them and then they're like a free instant and that's kind of cool, but you're not going to be able to scrap them. So the scrap one particularly wants um, either the Blade Break or Battle Worn ones that block. I don't know if this is right evil theory or not, but I kind of think that if you have a evil head that's not a base, I don't know if you want to play two different Evo heads in your deck. That might be a int, you know, like that might be too, that might be too greedy. I, I think it depends. I think that it's worth thinking about, but I think it also depends on the cards. Like if you're playing. I'm mainly like thinking in like the common slots. Like if you go like Evo Data Mine, which is the mech uh, Evo headpiece and a Evo Zoom Call, which is another mech instant uh, headpiece that's not a base. And like they're both like almost one-time effects, and one of them is blade break, one of them just like doesn't block. Like having both in your deck, like evil zoom call is like an awful block card because it blocks for zero, and evil data mine is a block two, so it's like it's not that good. Once like once the base head goes away, then like the cards become kind of god awful. Like you just can't ever really use them. So I don't know how good i I kind of feel like you don't really want to play two different legs or like two different heads or two copies of the same head like you might want to just like limit yourself to playing just one copy of the head or one copy of the legs i think my general thoughts are on this are you probably don't want to play the zero one zero block ones in teclovosin unless you're boosting and then that's probably the main thing that you're doing is like you're trying to boost these evos and play them for a little bit of extra value i'm not super sold on that deck but maybe it's good we'll have to see but i think my default is going to be wanting to play the ones that block well so those century base heads that we talked about at rare the three blocks i think are pretty free includes because at worst they're still a three block and they're yellow um and then at the 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 two blocks are like a little bit more suspect like i think you might be right you maybe only want to play one of each of the two block blade breaks in your deck that that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. The thing is, like, the ones that are three blocks and, like, the ones that you are talking about are at rare. 
and they're not at common. And the ones that I'm talking about are at common. So like you're just going to see them more often. Imagine you have like a rare headpiece that blocks for three already. Do you really want to play the yellow two block headpiece as well? Like, is that a card that you maybe you just want to like pass up on your draft? Like, this is obviously not for sealed, but like for draft, like maybe you just like don't pick up this headpiece and like you want to prioritize a card with boost or prioritize a three block that might be like a a real thing that you have to like consider is like multiple evos in the same slot might be worse than than face value like even if we think like evo data mine might be like the best card like one of the best cards in the set but then if you already have like evo command center which is the rare headpiece maybe that's just like better and then both of those copies together might just be like a detriment to both, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that there's definitely diminishing returns on them. I would imagine that playing two is okay because in a long in a in a faster game, like you want to be able to see these. Cause like if you're if you're playing like your scrap hoppers as zero for threes and you're not getting the bonus out of them, like you're I don't think you're winning that game. So I think you do need to see like it's gonna be a balancing act between making sure that you have Evos as targets to banish making sure that you don't double up too much on them so i think that like maybe like my rough uh, this will have to be like tested as we play the format but my rough guess is that you might want like at most two uh evos that aren't bases for each slot especially if they're not three blocks and i also think that you probably want I don't know. How many Evos do you think you want? I, I think you might ideally want like seven or eight Evos because then if you have like eight Evos in a 30 card deck, that means you're seeing about one Evo per hand. So each turn you can kind of be like scrapping. I, I think I can live with like 10 Evos in a deck. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, in the, I'm in the camp where I feel like you might need to just play the base chest, like the Evo Sentry sets. So like yeah. you just want like seven of the Evo Sentry sets. So then you just have an evo for your teclo leveler and they never go away and then yes then you can play one copy of the the non-base versions of like whichever one so like i would probably like never take up like two evo heads but then i would want like i'll be okay having like three evo head bases if that makes sense yeah you can always put a base on top of a base you just keep on keep on making bases you know yeah yeah i I think the evo sentry bases the the red evo sentry bases seem really important to the deck um you probably want to get i'm not gonna say as many as you want as many as you can get because at some point like if your deck is only these is obviously bad but i think you probably want to have quite a few of these if you can if you're playing this more defensive style that would be my guess Anything else you want to talk about, Teclovesen? We talked a lot about Evos. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot to unpack. I think Teclovesen, I mean, I, I think Teclovesen and Dash both will be a little bit more intricate and difficult to figure out and it's going to take some some time and some experimentation to really, really crack. Max seems a little bit more kind of like straightforwards i think i think max is going to be like the phi of the format where you can just prioritize the good cards play aggressively and play in like a very intuitive way i think he's going to be like very new player friendly but i think that dash and teclovosin have like a few more moving parts and some interesting mechanics we haven't really seen before so i'm i'm very excited to dig into them but i don't know predictions going into sealed which of these heroes do you think you're going to be like hoping to be or are you excited for all of them in sealed the number one is dash database i'm 
like from my magic days, I was like a big lantern control player, and I just love looking at the top card of the deck. To this day, I think the most powerful zone in the in any card game or anything is the top of the deck. And when you get to look at that, oh, it's so good. Any kind of card that lets you look at the top card of your deck for free is is already premium to me. So yeah, I, I'm most excited for Dash Database. For the pre-release though, I'm going to be looking into Teclovas and if I open a pool for it or Max Nitro. I think those are the two heroes that are going to be like predominantly the best heroes in the in the yeah. Pool. I, I think I agree with that. I think I think to have a good dash deck, you're probably going to need like good boost cards and multiple boom grenades and like a fuel injector. And if you have all of that, you can probably try it out. And I don't know if it's good or not, but it, it seems compelling. But I think outside of that, dash is going to have a little bit of a harder time coming together, especially because you want usually when you need multiple of the same common, that's not a great sign for sealed. Um, And it, it gets a little better in draft. Whereas I think like max just wanting like good efficient boost cards and some scripts, but there's like two cycles of scripts bodes pretty well for him from like a consistency perspective. And I think similarly Teclovas and like you you do need to have like the right combination of like evos and three blocks and some scrap cards but i think that there's like a number of you have like redundant copies of those cards like there's multiple scrap cards there's multiple evos there's there's like a lot of different ways to a lot of different combinations of cards that seem compelling to me so i agree i think you either want to be my baseline is either be the t- defensive teclovos deck or the aggressive max deck but maybe the dash deck comes together and who knows maybe there's other archetypes we missed i'm sure that there probably are honestly yeah definitely most definitely there are okay do you wanna then wrap it up then yeah i think we can wrap it up overall pretty excited about this set i think it seems really sweet this i don't know i'm like i haven't played the set yet so i'm limited so i'm like kind of like i'm kind of like scared to like give you my hot takes but my initial impression of this set is like i'm pretty impressed with it from a limited perspective and i think i think it like has the potential to be like maybe one of the most interesting sets we've ever seen Oh yeah, I, I've I'm already interested in the set. The only my only fear right now is please Max Nitro, you can't be like Phi from Uprising, where a viable strategy is to just like, you know, pack one, pick one, force Max Nitro forever, never pivot. You know, I wish I, I I'm just gonna hope that the draft experience is gonna be like that. I'm gonna hope that like Teclo Vesson and Dash are powerful enough in uh draft. Where, like, if you did, like, you know, no pivot, no scout, max nitro, that you get punished a lot. I agree. I think that, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm very curious to see how this format pans out. I, I, I kind of suspect because every card is mechanologist and playable, and also there's, like, overlap between all the mechanics. Like, we kind of talked about, like, boost sort of functioning and everything and then like the items can go into max or they can go into dash and then like i guess like the evos are kind of uniquely teclovosin but i think like the scrap can potentially be played in like probably every deck if they're just efficient scrap cards so there's going to be like different priorities for each of them but i think the flexibility of the heroes in terms of like how they use each of these cards um, and the cards that they can play means that in theory, you should have a lot of time to pivot and find the open lane. And so long as the heroes are relatively balanced, you should get rewarded for doing so, would be my guess. But I don't know. That's all theory. Well, we'll know in two weeks from now. 
All right. I think that's going to wrap us up a bit of a longer episode, but hopefully this video helps or this podcast helps you get ready for your pre-releases. Um, or if you're listening to this after your pre-release, maybe you've already played one or two or all of them. Let us know in the comments below. What do you think? Are there things that you're excited about that we didn't touch on? Are there strategies that you saw or you played yourself that were really good that we didn't talk about? I'm, I'm sure that there's so much to unpack with this set and we'd love to hear your thoughts um, in the comments below or also on social media. So if you want to get in touch with us there, you can message Jay on Twitter. He is at Ueda J, U-E-D-A. And then I'm at Yukili Bender on Twitter. Or you can email us directly at onthebobble at gmail.com and send us your questions and feedback directly there. Good luck. Have fun at all your pre-releases and very excited for this weekend and excited to kind of talk with you, Jay, again next week about how pre-releases went and what our findings for the set are. Yeah, it's. I guess this is going to be the free, first pre-release where you don't go to the same ones? Yeah, so I guess we can kind of talk about that a little bit in the sign-off. Um, I'm actually about to go to Dallas for about a month. I'm leaving on Wednesday. We're recording on Monday the 25th. I'm leaving on Wednesday the 27th, and I'm going there for the calling, but I'm also going there for sort of an extended vacation. Um, my girlfriend lives in, in Dallas, so I'm going to be staying with her for a while and we're going to be going and playing a bunch of pre-releases so i'm pretty excited to play pre-release somewhere else and get i don't know a different take on the format um besides the local vancouver scene which i, I do adore and i am going to miss playing with all the vancouverites early on in the set it'll be interesting to say the least yeah you won't see the crazy vancouver people trying out their crazy theories that they've like theory crafted for like six hours uh... Yeah, some people get pretty serious. They have like big group chats about like, this is how you build this. This is the best cards. This is what you should do. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's really good. I, I don't get that. Maybe I need to get you all to feed me it on the Discord and then I can use that tech in, uh, in the US. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing before we wrap up, let's talk about a new card. Um, it's called Singularity. It is the Marvel of the set. Uh, it's the uh, legendary Teclo Basin specialization. It costs six to play. It says transform your hero, your weapon. Transform your hero, your weapon, and four evils you uh, you have equipped it into Teclo Basin the Merch. Macropotent? Uh, so this card looks like a Shadow Mech Demi Hero Equipment Evo. Uh, so basically it's a hero, it's an equipment, it's, it's everything. It has six power, it has three intellect, uh, it has star health, I'm assuming that turns into your health, and it has, uh, six, uh, armor with Battle Sworn. And this card reads, action, pay three, banish two cards from your soul and attack. It says whenever this attacks a hero, they discard a card. Your mechanologist attack action gets go again. This counts as having four evils equipped. And it has... Oh, I already said it has Battle Sworn. Huh. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, this card's pretty hype. Um, I guess this just got spoiled. Jay was saying new card. And I'm like, what is he talking about? I like that they called it a shadow mech hero. I was like joking that like Tekla Vosin, because he plays from Banish, should be like a shadow mechanologist. And then it's like, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, they they just they just like slapped on the on the word shadow yeah. in front of it. It has it has it has basically zero gameplay implications, right? Um, I don't know. I'm very interested. I kind of think that it's like probably like a sideboard piece. Um, but what is interesting is if you ever do assemble this, it's pretty powerful because all of the Evo Steel Soul stuff. Um, I'll read one of them. Like Evo Steel Soul Memory. Um, reads, when this transforms from or into an Evo with a different name, your hero gets plus one intellect until end of turn. Um, if the Evo is a hero instead, this triggers twice. So when you play Singularity, all of your Evos trigger twice. So like Evo Steel Soul Memory will give you plus two intellect. The Boots will give you, I think, plus two action points. You get plus uh, six uh, resources from the chest piece. And then the gloves gives you, what is it? You put two attack action cards with six power from your graveyard, fifth from the top. Um, and then you like theoretically draw into some of those cards. I t- honestly, I kind of don't exactly know. This is going to be a construct. Oh, for sure. Because you need to get four Majestics and... into play, then you need to play your Legendary. If anybody if anybody does this at pre-release, I'm pretty sure they're just cheating. <laughs> <laughs> they're either awesome or they're cheating, and probably cheating. <laughs> oh, man. Oh my god, I really wish that there are god packs in this game. <laughs> you just have the full spread. You get all four and the hero. <laughs> yeah, like imagine like if god packs exist in this game where you if you open Singularity Marvel, it comes with the uh four uh the evil steals. That would be very spicy. But imagine that's a thing. You go to like um is it it's not Baltimore. Uh, is it Baltimore? The Barcelona. where the world is. Barcelona. Sorry, Barcelona. Baltimore yes. is somewhere in the states, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Barcelona. Um, and imagine these like God packs exists. You go to one of these like uh sealed um callings, and somebody opens a God pack, and you're just like, wait, this guy can just like singularity Sounds people. So unfair. I hope that they don't do it. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean it sounds so unfair? It's not even that unfair, is it? It's like you gotta I, pay I think, you gotta spend four turns playing the evil steals, then finding the your singularity in your pitch pretty pack? good though. They're just like all blue three block base equipments with temper. Like <laughs> it's pretty insane. Okay, okay. But I just, I just, I just want. I'm just saying, like, if they open the God Pack, like this happened in Magic GPs before, um, during the yeah. Masterpiece era, um, there was a person in a Magic Grand Prix where they opened, um, Worm Coil Engine from their Masterpiece slot and a Sword of, maybe it was Feast and Famine, but either way, one of like this like broken, it's like godly broken and it was only in your like majestics it was only in your what like essentially yeah. a legendary slot and like they open two of them together and then they're just like i can't lose 
And then there was a different pool with like soaring plus another sword or something like that in the same GP. There was like two people had like a <laughs> double, um, uh, double masterpiece pool, and you're just like, oh, they clearly got to go seven one per person just just through power level of their deck. But like, I kind of find that like that's okay to some extent, um, because like. It's such a cool experience, you know, to even, like, have this story that somebody opened, Singularity Marvel, and it came with, like, it lets you enable this, like, thing in Sealed, you know, specifically for Sealed. Like, it doesn't even work in, in um, it doesn't even work in Draft, right? Because if you open the Singularity Marvel, that gets, you, you have to take that because it's in your token slot, and then you there's four Evos in your pack that you have to pass around. Yeah. Yeah, it would be an experience. It'd be pretty I think funny. Be cool. Also, I just realized that I misread Teclo Vosen. Whenever this attacks a hero, they discard a card. You make them discard when you attack them for six. That's messed up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They That's discard so a card. Good. But I guess you have to banish two cards from your soul. How many cards do you get on your soul? You'll have four yeah. equipment and four bases at least. So you'll have at least eight cards. Oh, and your heroes, and your so you hero. have at least nine cards. Okay, so you get like four attacks, four, maybe eight, five nine. if you have like one extra base in there somewhere. Yeah, I feel like you don't attack with him too often. Like you just go like attack with your um, mech attack action cards without boosting because the well the turn that you uh, the turn that you play him, you get to go six you six you discard two cards, please. Twelve, you discard two cards. Yeah, that's that's it does solid. seem pretty good. <laughs> and then you draw five, oh, and one of them is your evil upgrade card that has go again. This hero seems sweet. <laughs> okay, I think I. Yeah, it, it's more of probably a casual deck, but I want to do this to Jay at ProQuest now that he said that. <laughs> I'm going to Teclovos and the Mechropotent you. <laughs> I'm curious to see how good this will be. It's like okay. obviously super powerful, but it's also pretty hard to pull off. Yeah, yeah. What happens if they tumultuate your hero? <laughs> what do you mean? It destroys the hero and you lose the game. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, does this mean like Guardian can technically one shot crack uh crack the uh Teclovason, I guess? Maybe. It's, funny it's pretty hard though. It, he, it is like a six block equipment. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. like you can block nine pretty easily. <laughs> Wait, this card blocks for 6, 11, oh, yeah. 15, <laughs> 18, 20, 21? I, I think if you resolve this, you're probably winning the game. But then you have three intellect. I don't know. It's weird. We'll see. Okay. Well, no, no. You don't have three intellect because you have the... Uh... You have uh, the... Well, on the first turn, you have five intellect, but then after that, you have three intellect. Oh, oh. 
yeah, except you get yeah, yeah. So it kind of so. balances out, and then you get this like three for six attack that makes them discard a card. So like, I don't know, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think uh, I think that's good enough for the side off. We talked about this uh, cool card that just yeah, got spoiled. Definitely a fun one. Um, thanks for listening. Have a good night. Yeah. Good night. Good luck at pre-release. Bye-bye.